have people who give flowers to Ronald McDonald House. We have a team member right now who went through some really tough things with a young child spending a lot of time at a, their local children's hospital. And so she takes flowers to the families of the local children's hospital each week. Hi, friend. My name is Melissa, and I'm obsessed with cheering on other women in this thing called life. I'm a wife, mom of three, online nutrition and fitness coach, online course creator, and the owner of the Happy Party Co. The Happy Party Podcast isn't just any party. This is a happy party where you can come as you are and celebrate the big things and the not so big things that are going on in your life because all of the things matter. When you come to this happy party every Wednesday, we are going to help you see that you can succeed at those nutrition and fitness goals you've always wanted to accomplish. We will cheer you on as you go after those passions on your heart and strive to do what makes you happy in your profession. We are going to help you recognize that you can find happiness in the everyday, and we will hear from other women who are spreading happiness in all they do in this world. We want to help you honor the body God has given you physically so that you can overcome what life throws you mentally, so you can shine your light. Sound good? Okay, my friend, grab a cup of coffee, a jug of water, or a glass of Chardonnay, put on those party hats and yoga pants, grab a seat, and welcome to the party at the Happy Party Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited that you are back with us at the Happy Party Podcast. We officially entered the over 1,000 downloads last week. So thank you so much for tuning in to all of my ranting about your health and your fitness and to listen in to the Her Story episodes, which is one that we are bringing you today. I have the pleasure of speaking with Deanna Kitchen and she and her husband own the nonprofit called the Growing Kindness Project. And I am obsessed with everything that they are doing. So I am just very happy to have her here to chat with us today and tell us all about her story and tell us all about this nonprofit that she is growing, no pun intended. So with that, Deanna, tell us all about you and the Growing Kindness Project. Well, thanks, Melissa. I am so excited to get to be here with you today and get to visit. Um, I am a small town born and raised girl, grew up in a one stoplight town, and that just had such a big influence on um, what mattered most to me and what I, looking back, you can see how that that piece um, has driven the things that I've pursued in life. And so moving away from that one stoplight town, I always just felt this really strong need for connection and understanding um, where I fit in my community and um, how my community worked and how we all fit together. And so um, I actually pursued elementary education for a while. And it was when I was home with my um, little boys and resigned my teaching position that I started dabbling in growing cut flowers. And it was this just really great opportunity for me to realize that I had this tool that I could use to reach out and achieve the thing that I had been missing and longing for, which was establishing connections in my community. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm a passionate gardener, mom of three boys, and now 
quite by accident, um, the founder of uh, a nonprofit organization that's helping people use flowers to reach out and connect in their communities. I love that. I love that so much. But how did it happen by accident? I know that a lot of businesses do happen by accident. Um, but tell me how yours happened by accident. Yeah, um, such a great question. I love when you look back and you realize it wasn't by accident at all. It was by perfect design. You can kind of see all of those pieces falling into place and all those milestone markers that were kind of um, pointing the direction. Um, So yeah, it actually, I shouldn't say accident. I don't feel like it was an accident at all, but what was, um, what I suppose I could peel back the layer on is that before I, um, pursued developing the project as a nonprofit and building the team and creating the resources and education to support people, I was really actively engaged in pursuing building a profitable cut flower farm. And I um, had the opportunity to learn with some really influential people in um, the cut flower world and I was following all these people and watching what they were doing and thinking, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's how I can be involved with flowers and, and do this thing. And in that I um, slowly began to realize that I was pursuing somebody else's dream and totally ignoring all of my own strengths. Um, and so in that process, I had done some, um, market sales. I actually had spent, spent several years doing, um, wedding design, like floral design. Um, and in that, just really realizing that that wasn't where I was called to be, like where I was called to be was always a place of, um, connection and finding ways to connect people. You know, I, if, there's anyone out there that strengths find uh, familiar with the strengths finder um, or Enneagram. Like I'm very much an Enneagram type two and strengths finder, you know, one of my, my strengths is connectedness and relation and understanding how all these things fit together. And so it was when I started to embrace those things and kind of my eyes were open to the reality of I'm just copying what other people are doing. And it's not making me happy because it's not what I'm supposed to be doing Um, and starting to kind of let go of that expectation of how it was supposed to look if I followed this flower, this flower farming path or career and what it could be. And so that really took me into um, education and teaching people um, and doing events and workshops that were really about gathering people and then from there, that really led into that, um, to developing the project. So I love that. Um, it's always by God's design, right? It's like we try to fit, you know, our, ourselves into something that we're not supposed to do. Like you were saying, like trying to do what everybody else is doing, because that seems to be what everyone is doing. So it must be working while sometimes ignoring what he wants us to do it's important to, to be able to recognize that. Yeah, it was definitely pivotal for me when I stopped seeing my strengths, or I guess stopped focusing on my weaknesses and started focusing on my strengths and yeah. seeing what 
would come not not naturally, but what would come in alignment with that. Um, and that was that piece of developing community. And flowers just actually really became the catalyst for building that versus the um versus the business that I was trying to grow and develop or a product that I was trying to push. So can you tell me about the community um, and how you have built a team around a nonprofit? Just tell us all about your business and what you guys do nuts to bolts. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as a nonprofit, it's been, I, and I, I, I should um, highlight um, at the beginning, um, you mentioned that it's my husband and I in this, and he has been absolutely 100% behind and supporting and building. Um, but really the community that's developed within the project has been, um, this really incredible group of women who step forward with skills and abilities. And, and I shouldn't say there's not men involved in the project as well. We have some really great people contributing and participating. Um, but what happened was at the, at the very heart of this was this, this idea that, we could use flowers to reach out in our community. And so that's what I started doing with my boys who were at that point, um, I think three and one, we started gifting flowers in our local retirement um, home. And it was the most powerful, impactful experience in every regard. Um, For me, as a young stay-at-home mom who was like stepping out of a career and kind of trying to figure out some purpose and feeling kind of a little adrift in that daily like um grind of dishes and diapers and repeat the next day yeah (laughs) Yeah. that it felt really really um gratifying and fulfilling to get to get out in my community and make those connections and do something that felt really meaningful and purposeful and it was really special to start to teach our boys from a really young age that you have the opportunity to impact your community and you have the opportunity to serve others Um, and we can do that by um, I think it's Arthur Ashe says start where you are use what you have and do what you can. And I wanted to instill that in them from a very early age that like we can, we can help in some way. And so it was in the gifting flowers in um, long-term care that there was kind of several things that happened. Um, First, a gentleman came up to me one day and he said, I just wish that everybody in, um, in retirement homes like us could get to have this, like we have, because you bring these to us. And it was, a little bit of a seed thought, like, wait a minute, if we can do this, if I can grow these flowers in my backyard, because at that point it was really literally a backyard flower yeah. grower. Um, and I can do it with my little boys. Like, why, why can't this be something that could be replicated in other people's backyards and other people's communities? And so that was kind of a seed thought. And then flash forward, I was still kind of in that path of like trying to figure out what my path was. And so the first year that we moved to our farm that we're on now, so we went from a one acre, you know, like not really a farm, but to a 10 acre real farm um, and planted like my first, you know, real market, like cut cut flower field. Um, We had 500 dahlias the first year and they, if you're familiar with dahlias, they're planted from what's called a tuber. So it's like similar to a potato and they yeah. go in the ground and then um, they bloom beautifully all summer long. And they're what we call a cut and come again, because, you know, kind of the more that you cut them, the more they keep reblooming throughout the course of the season. Then 
in the fall, you dig up the clump um, once you know you've had your killing frost and plants have gone dormant. And when you do that, that one singular tuber that you planted has multiplied by it just, you know, it can depend on variety and weather and conditions, but I mean, it can be anywhere from like four times to like 20 times. And so you have this, yeah. So the tubers we actually say, or dahlias we say are kind of the mascot of the project because they're like kindness and they multiply and ripple out in ways that we have no way of seeing like the end, like how far it goes and grows. And so here I was standing in my barn that winter, dividing dahlia tubers, which is a very labor intensive process, Yeah, but also so gratifying because you're taking that one, that thing that was one thing when you put it in the ground and it's becoming five or 10. And, and then those can be planted back in the ground and make five or 10 new plants. And then those five or 10 new plants each make five or 10 new plants. And so it was this just huge aha moment that I am holding the key in my hand to making and equip them with the resource education that we had access to. Then it solved this problem of of other people being able to replicate that in their communities. And so it started very small at first. We just invited people to our farm and said, if you're willing to grow and share flowers, like, please come get these tubers. We'll give them to you for free. And then it grew from there very, very rapidly. Uh, and recognizing that people were super excited about having the actual resources to put in the ground, but they also needed support and education. And so that's really how the project began growing and developing and, and pulling together a team. And so now we're um, over 2,300 worldwide team members who grow and give flowers in communities with the purpose of just those flowers as a simple cattle connection. And yeah, yeah, it's really incredible just to see um, the heart of the people in this project. They are so community-minded. They are so... um, hold towards generosity and fostering kindness and the ways that they see you to reach out in their community, I think is the most inspiring thing. So we've never said only give to elderly uh, in long-term care or retirement homes, or we only give to, you know, certain communities or populations. We've really just said, start where you are and use what you have to do what you can looks completely different. And so we have people who give flowers to Ronald McDonald House. We have a team member right now who went through some really tough things with a young child spending a lot of time at a, their local children's hospital. And so she takes flowers to the families of the local children's hospital each week now. We have team members who give to food banks, to women's shelters. It's it's wherever they see the need and have yeah. the opportunity to reach out. So it's really, really beautiful to see the diversity in that. I so. love that. So I love how it was born and how it's multiplied. And now you said it's worldwide. So it's not just in the United States. Right. So one of the things, um, the the irony of um, our, our, so our mission is to use flowers as a catalyst for kindness because you can't give flowers digitally. We can't like reach out to our neighbor and send them a Facebook message. We have to actually show up on their doorstep and right. hand them to them. And it creates real meaningful connection. Um, yeah. Looking towards building opportunities for 
real in-person connection within the project. But as you know, um, COVID kind of sent us all for a loop. And what happened was when we, we actually launched the project in January of 2020. And the irony is not lost on me. The, no, what the, okay. like, the world really, we really needed kindness. And people yeah. were really just looking for simple ways, sa- simple and safe ways they could reach out in their community. And so there yeah. were so many door, you know, doorstop neighborhood drop-offs happening, you know, in that time with our team. Um, but because we are um, worldwide, there is that beauty of being able to connect digitally. And so we host a, um, we have a private community where our team members connect and encourage each other, cheer each other on, share what's working in their community. Um, just the stories alone, just to hear the stories and to have those ideas um, have been so inspiring for our team members to go, hey, I never thought of that. I'm going to see if, you know, if I can connect with the women's shelter in my community or, Hey, I never thought of that. I wonder if I could reach out my community and ask for bases donated the same way. And so, um, it's been really inspiring to see the connections and friendships that have formed alongside of the inspiration and then just helpful, you know, tips and tricks along the way to actually do, do the thing. Um, so yeah, we connect that way digitally and then we also have um, we are we have a really incredible team of industry leaders, um, flower farmers, and floral designers. Just the most talented people who've come to the team and donated their their time and talents to help provide education. And so we call that our contributor class series. And those contributing teachers teach um, one hour, like either live or you can hop in and um, join them as a recorded or replay them as a recording classes on gardening and floral design topics. So it's just um, been a really fun way for people to connect and learn together and um, and just have the tools that they need to be successful and actually getting those seeds in the ground and growing the cut flowers and feeling confident and able and getting them out in their community and, and helping, equipping them with the the education that they need to feel confident and successful to get seeds in the ground and successfully grow those cut flowers so that they can then um, be able to use those to get out in their community and have those be catalysts for reaching out and uplifting those who are most in need of kindness and making, you know, starting that ripple of impact of kindness that'll hopefully continue to reach throughout their community. So I've said it before, but I just think this is such an amazing idea. And I think I told you um, that I handed out carnations with my Beachbody team. I would bring them to a park in the local city. Um, we would, I would send them funds so that they could go and buy their own carnations. Cause you know, carnations, they're not that much or they weren't when we did it anyway, who knows? Mm. Um, what they are now, but we would, I would attach like a healthy recipe to it and hand it out to people. And I don't know if it's just a Massachusetts thing, but people like (laughs) they were very standoffish. They don't, they didn't love receiving a flower because I don't know if it's, if it's just the area we live in that they expected me to like, try to sell them something afterwards. (laughs) I don't know, but totally. yeah, it's like rare for people to be so kind to just give you something. 
Absolutely. You know? And yeah, absolutely. And we've actually, it broke my heart the first time we were in long-term care. Here I am, you know, with like the, my littlest, you know, my, my son at that point was like three, you know, three years old. And we were, you know, walking around handing out these flowers. And one of the ladies reached into her purse to take out her wallet. No, 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 no. Like, this is, you do not pay for these. This is us right. giving them to you. Like we're so, as a culture, yeah. we're so unaccustomed to unexpected and, and uh, kindness. And we don't, we, I don't think we know how to respond to it always. And I think that the answer is that we do more of that, that we reach out Absolutely. more often and with more generosity so that it becomes more of our norm. Um, but one of the things that we have found as a team is that it's so it's critical that our intent is declared um, because so often people are concerned and, and, and because that's been our experience. Right? So it does come with some, um, uh, you know, justification to feel concerned that what, um, what is this person's intent and why, what is this just freely given kindness or what are the right. strings that are attached? And so one of the ways that we have helped to get past that is by just really clearly declaring our intent. And so we've created a downloadable resource on our website. And there are bouquet tags that are printed and can be easily attached to any flowers that you're giving. And they say, these flowers are grown in love and in the hope that they bring some a smile and kindness. Actually, I'm not quoting that exactly right, but it's it's even sweeter than that. But yeah. that that's the that is the um the um quote on there. And so actually it's in my I keep a handful of my car. It says grown and shared with the love and hope that these flowers brighten your day. So when we when we're able to just clear clarify for the person that really truly these these are just for you to make you smile and I would love nothing more than you to just have them and that they would brighten your day. We can do that with um just a simple phrase. It it makes it so much easier for the person to accept it. I really, I really just love everything that you are doing with the Growing Kindness Project. I think it's amazing. I can't wait to follow your journey as you grow and grow and offer more things to the public so that they too can do this. Um, so, all right. So Deanna, I love everything you're doing. Where can our listeners find you online and how can they become involved? Um, we would love to have anybody come and um, be a part of our team alongside of us, or if they're interested in growing flowers, but would love to help us help more people to have the resources and education available to do that. They can come check out more at our website. It is um, growingkindnessproject.org. And you can also find us on Instagram at growingkindnessproject. Perfect. And I will have all of her links in the show notes for everybody. Um, But thank you so much, Deanna, for joining us. Um, It has been a pleasure to learn more about your business and I can, or your nonprofit, I should say. And I cannot wait to meet you in person in a couple of months. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited too. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. I would so love it if you shared this episode on your social and or with a friend who it could help, or who might be interested in getting involved in this awesome organization, please continue to reach out to me and let me know what you'd like to hear about. I do this podcast for you. So having your input is super important. And I would be so happy if you would subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a thing. 
And that review section, it means a lot. Leaving a five-star review is like leaving a tip in the tip jar at your favorite coffee shop. Not required, but certainly appreciated. Those five stars are the lifeblood of a podcast. It helps us reach more people and share the message. Don't forget that my challenge with you this week is to go and give somebody a flower. Remember, kindness multiplies. Until next week, my friend, be well, be kind, and find the happy in the everyday.